The following program is presented by Atmark Media. The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Hey, this is Homeboy88 of the Homeboy88 Podcast and good friend of the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, the PWC. Check out my podcast where all the podcasts are available, the Homeboy88 Podcast. Thank you. around the world from the capital city of the United States of America Washington DC ladies and gentlemen Coalition is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Ams.
everybody, and welcome to Tuesday night. What the hell's going on here, Jimmy? Right, it's Tuesday, and it's the end of year awards. Welcome to the PWC Extra. Um, we're talking today about the uh, the end of 2021, which makes me sad because I'm still coming up with funny ways to talk about 2020. <laughs> 2020, like the vision thing, isn't that funny? <laughs> and it's already 2022, like how the fuck did that happen? But here we are. You're on with me, uh, Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like Lambs with Noel or Bullshit Person in the Morning. And I'm here with my trusty co-host, the man of the hour, the man of what hour is it in Australia? I don't even know. It's probably like something ridiculous but jimmy t how the fuck are you mate i'm good man and just an fyi there chris it is 12 43 p.m here in melbourne australia bro on a wednesday oh. not tuesday <laughs> so is it the wednesday night end of year awards or is it the tuesday night end of year awards i don't know and it doesn't matter but i'm good bro <laughs> how's how's the plowing going in canada bro <laughs> Oh man, it's been fucking crazy. We've had like a bunch, we got a bunch of snow, like almost a foot the other day. So right. I had to go out and I was plowing all fucking night, like until 4.30 <laughs> in the morning. I'm sure you and were. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no man, I was actually pushing <laughs> snow until <laughs> until 4.30 in the morning. And then when I got up today around 12, then I did some of that fun. <laughs> um, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then basically, basically, like when I'm done with this podcast, I'm gonna like I'm gonna go to bed, and then I'm gonna wake up, and then I have to plow again because we got like <laughs> another foot of snow tonight. So it's like motherfucker, we're getting a shit ton of it right now. And apparently, I've always wanted to see snow, but the more I say that, the more everybody tells me, no, you don't. I think I'm glad that I'm not plowing. Well, but anyway. <laughs> we won't go there we won't go there but yeah man i think yeah it would it would be tough plowing snow every day no doubt about it yeah that that joke that you're glad you're not plowing is exactly why d just flipped you off earlier before we started recording well, that's okay bro because <laughs> d's wearing headphones right now and she can't hear a word i said <laughs> <laughs> good deal good deal all right so yeah man we're talking about the year-end awards um Get into it we'll talk to the people a little bit i'm just going to give people sort of a little review or overview about what we're going to be talking about for our year-end awards Can we're going to talk about the go ahead man sorry before before you you say and start can i add one more category actually yeah man the triple h award the triple h award yes the triple h award i'm sure you can figure out why i'm saying the triple h award or should i say the golden shovel award the golden shovel award yeah that's what i figured yep <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep that for last i'm pretty sure it's pretty obvious who's gonna win that one but anyway sorry chris please continue all right so we're gonna talk about a few different things here we're gonna basically discuss between ourselves what we think was the best angle of the year um we're gonna talk about the match of the year the promotion of the year the female performer tag team male performer breakout star the triple h award and i want to throw in a little bit of extra canadianness shout outs to all our canadian listeners apparently most of you live in vancouver go canucks um right. we're going to be talking about the bret hart award which is something that i've come up with for the end of year awards this year to uh to give a little shout out to you know that wrestler 
who I think has a good match every time out, no matter who the opponent. No doubt, man. And who's your Bret Hart Award going to be awarded to, according to you, Chris? Oh, man, it's a tough one. I'm having a hard time coming up with exactly who I want to give this to. But I think because... Well, more importantly, what's the criteria for the Bret Hart Award so our listeners understand? Right. So it's basically that wrestler who I believe um, has a really good match, no matter the opponent. You know, Bret Hart made Tom McGee look like he was the future of the WWE at one point, right? Absolutely. And I mean, Bret had, you know, one of the best examples I've ever really seen of this, you know, that ability to have a good match with anybody is Bret Hart um, at his first King of the Ring, where where you know he had a he had a great match with Mr. Perfect. He had a great match with Razor Ramon. He had a great match with uh Bam Bam Bigelow. And every match was completely different because all three of those guys are different kind of workers, right? But every single one of those matches was great. It looked real, you know, it was believable and uh and he was able to really sort of carry everything from one match to the next too, which I mean Bret Hart man. What what can you say about Bret Hart? Absolutely, I agree 100%. I mean, heck, Brett was one of my favorite fucking wrestlers growing up, no doubt about it. Absolutely, man. Well, okay, let's, uh, since we're talking about it already, maybe that's where we should start. So for me, Jimmy, since this is something that I'm, uh, I I just sort of came up with for this year's uh, year end awards, I'm going to give this award to Serena Deed. Um, We've talked about, we, you know, the other person that I was really seriously considering was uh, Brian Danielson. But as you'll see, he wins a few of those these awards for me already. So I'm not going to I'm not going to just run up the tally for Brian Danielson. Um, Serena Deeb, we've talked about her lots. And I've been saying since pre- pretty much the first time she was on Dynamite, like they need to build this show around her in terms of the women's division. She's that good every single match is excellent um and now she's being given actual time to build a feud with Hikaru Shida and I think it's the best women's feud in AEW this year um so yeah the Bret Hart award from me to Serena Deeb what about you Jimmy well it's hard to argue Serena Deeb to be honest man and uh and I think I think I'm going to go with you, dude, because the closest thing to Bret Hart right now is Serena Deeb. Let's be honest. We've said this on the shows before. I mean, honorable mention to Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, whatever you want to call him. But yeah, man, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Serena Deeb for sure. Right on, bro. Well, there you go. Serena Deeb. It's a clean sweep. You get the PWC's Bret Hart Award <laughs> for the year 2021. Um. Yeah, that and $4 will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> Congratulations, Serena D. Yeah. You know, that joke used to be that and $2 will get you a cup of coffee. But now <laughs> it's anymore. $4. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> Absolutely true, man. That's facts. Uh, all right. So the other one that's sort of a new one that we haven't talked about before this year um, that you had just sort of brought up. Um, so let's talk about it, Jimmy. Jimmy, explain your criteria, and then who wins your Triple H award? <laughs> well, the criteria for the for the Triple H award is basically any wrestler in any company 
who only cares about their own interests, basically, right? That could be anything from just winning all the time when he, when they shouldn't, or just burying opponents left and right. And to be honest, I think this one is hands down <laughs> the easy winner by a mile. And I'm going to have to go with Cody Rhodes here, dude. I mean, I don't think anyone even comes close to Cody <sighs> in 2021. Let's be honest. Not even remotely close. Like, the only other people that I can maybe think of that you could make an argument for is Roman Reigns. Yeah, true. Um, you know, you, you could make an argument for Kenny Omega, you know, the one major loss that he took. But I don't think either of those guys are even close to Cody Rhodes. Yeah, they're, they're of, really not. I, I mean, mean, Roman, there's a case for Roman, but even him, he just nowhere near touches Cody. I'm sorry, but sorry, Chris, continue. No, and his angle right now, like the angle that he's running is like a really good angle. Like that whole Absolutely. Samoan mafia thing. It is, like, man. That's, you know, we'll talk about that later in the angle of the year awards. Um, but yeah, Cody's not even doing anything interesting. It's just burying motherfuckers constantly. <laughs> he literally brought out the golden shovel in his match against <laughs> Andrade El Idolo. Like, he, he actually did. That's true. I mean, the guy has absolutely buried so many wrestlers. I mean, like, come on, man. Even this past week on, on Rampage, as we were talking about on Uncaged at Humming Media Group, I mean, man, like, did he really have to win the TNT Championship again? And did he have to become the first ever AEW multi-time champion? The first ever three-time TNT champion on Christmas in front of <laughs> Davy Crockett or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> David on, Crockett, what? right. <sighs> I know, man. Cody, it's, Cody, Cody. it's crazy, man. It's, it's fucking crazy. It is what it is, but what do you do, man? I mean, I just want to give you a little funny sidebar, but... um. Me and Jago off the air after doing the blow off, we're talking about Cody and uh, <laughs> and good old Brandy Rhodes, right? And um, and I, and you know what, man, I hate it because a lot of the times lately, me and Jago have been coming up with some doozies after we've recorded, right? But this was the quote of the day, in my opinion, dude. I don't think anything beats it, and I'll share it right here, exclusively on the PWC. And that was, I said, Jago was telling me off the air. He goes. Brandy's such a gold digger. I wouldn't be surprised if if Brandy was just there, you know, just for the attention, all the money, and just using Cody. And I started laughing. I go, yeah, but at least she's a cum bucket, right? <laughs> to Cody, right? And then he pauses, he thinks about it, he thinks about it, he goes, That's one that's one fine bucket though. <laughs> I mean, if you had to be there, it was one of those things, it was fucking funny. We couldn't stop laughing hysterically, but that's one fine bucket, dude. I mean you got to give Cody yeah, out, right? No, I mean, I've, come on. <laughs> it was funny I'm, at the time. No, man, I'm with you. I, Brandy is, <laughs> wow. One if she fine was bucket. Just, if she was just slightly less cunty, that would be great. <laughs> cunty. Uh, Speaking of cunty. Anyway, Jesus I had to say Christ. that. I had to say, oh, we should have the fucking the Home Wrecker Award too, dude, because that would go to Taya Conti if there was one. <laughs> 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 nice segue, right? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Speaking right. of well, Cunties. Speaking of, speaking of Cunties and Taya Cunties and Cunty Tyres. Uh, 
let's go ahead and have a conversation about our female performer of the year. Um, and yes, to all of those people out there who um, you know worry too much about how much you know misogyny there is in wrestling. Yes, we're putting that at the beginning of the show because it's less important than the male superstar of the year. Ooh. I'm sorry, it just <laughs> is. It's less important. That's very sexist um, of you, Mr. Rams. I know, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, take a look at the money that these people bring in. Um, <laughs> well, it's true. You know, sorry. <laughs> it is what it um, is, folks. I'm sorry. There just isn't a. Right now, there just isn't a, um, you know, a huge superstar in female wrestling who's bringing in tons of views and money. You know, last year, um, Becky Lynch was pretty oh. big. She was making, oh, for sure. she was, she was popular. She was making big money. Um, she was getting big views and, you know, selling t-shirts, stuff like that. The But man. this year I haven't, yeah, this year I haven't really seen a lot of that from anybody. Um, And so my female performer of the year award is going to go to somebody who I, you know, like Serena Deeb, um, who I think is a great wrestler, does fantastic things in the ring, but I also think has probably sold a little bit of merch and I think is a better promo than Serena Deeb. My female performer of the year award is going to go to Thunder Rosa. So congratulations to Thunder Rosa, who has... You know, to me, if you if you want to have two serious pillars to 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 really build a female division on top of, it's Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb. You can make anything happen if those two are your pillars. And for some reason, AEW just continues to underbook both of those people. But Jimmy, well, female performer of the year. My performer of the year is going to be totally different to yours, actually, Chris. And it's hard to argue. I'm gonna, oh man, this is this is tough to separate these two. I might have to go for a draw, possibly, Chris. I might have to go for a draw. I don't know why, but I'm gonna have to do it. First of all, all right. I'm gonna say Charlotte Flair, dude. I'm not her biggest fan, but she has absolutely killed it this year in WWE, and she is currently the SmackDown Women's Champion as we speak. So Charlotte, I have to shout out to RBV. Yes, I picked Charlotte. I'm not the biggest fan of hers, but damn, you can't deny her this year. So Charlotte's won, but you and your precious and your precious Shar Shar. Yeah, I know, right? I can't believe I'm saying it. But coming at equal first, she's in AEW and she's the AEW Women's Champion. You can't deny Britt Baker, dude. Both of those are excellent choices. Um, I would say that the people who work with Charlotte Flair would probably hate that you're nominating her for anything other than the Triple H award. <laughs> But um, Britt Baker really is, yeah. I mean, she's a pillar of the of the company AEW, if you ask me. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a great that's a great pick. Um, I'm she cuts to a be fantastic biased, promo. She <laughs> oh, cuts she a does. fantastic promo. She gets the she gets great crowd reactions every time she's out there. She has decent matches, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory sense. Like she's gone from having pretty bad matches to having solid wrestling matches every single time she's out there. So absolutely, I'm not mad at that. Plus, she's over, dude, and she's a heel. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing that maybe I would say is not great. 
Like if you're a heel, you shouldn't be getting people to chant DMD right. with you. You should be convincing people to hate you. But hey, it is what it is, though, man. I mean, she's worked hard, dude. I mean, if you compare it from 2020 to 2021, it's not in day, bro. No, for sure. And I mean, the whole cool heel thing is just here to stay. You know, right. we can, we can, we can complain to Hall and Nash forever about that, but that's here to stay in wrestling. It's never going away. Absolutely. And before we continue, do we have a women's match of the year award? Um, no, because I'm because I don't believe that we have to separate those things, Jimmy. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, we live in this day and age where Equality men now. and women are equal. And <laughs> God. We went from fucking women not drawing as <laughs> not drawing as much to now you're telling me equality. Well, if there was a women's match of the year, it would definitely be Brie Baker and Thunder Rosa. How's that? Yeah, that lights out match was right. something else. And um, I remember watching that and reviewing it with you and saying, like, look, I loved this match for, for the match, but it was a little uncomfortable. Why? Absolutely. Now you're watching right. The bumps that these two women were taking. Um, but I'm with you. If I was going to give it a, a who gets the match of the year award, it would either be that match or pretty much pick a random one from Serena Deeb this year um, that went more than 10 minutes because she's just money every single time she's out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to go by Thunder Rosa and, and Brie Baker. That was the only reason why it was a match that changed the game for women's wrestling in many ways, dude, because, I mean, look what they were doing, bro. I mean, shit, it was a bloodbath. It was crazy. And Absolutely. there were attacks. And it was yeah. just like crazy shit. Whoa. Bro. Yeah, slow down, ladies. But yeah. Nah. So if there was one, I guess we would just add it. It's definitely that. Yeah, we'll do that. Absolutely. We can add that. It's our fucking show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> That's it. Also, we're straight white males. We can do whatever <laughs> the fuck we want. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> all right man um all right well next up let's talk about um what do you think for breakout star um here's my own personal criteria for breakout star i don't need them to be in their first year of wrestling i don't no. even need them to be particularly young i just when i'm talking about or thinking about breakout star i'm thinking about somebody who has taken the next step so to me this can even be a, a main eventer who's become uh, a real star, you know, that to me would still be a breakout. Um, there's a couple of people who come to mind for me personally. Um, Roman Reigns went from being uh, a main event, a main eventer to like, arguably, I think he's a star in wrestling at this point um, with the angle that he's you know, with the heel turn and the angle from this year, I just think has been brilliant. Um, I think that there's a couple more that you can talk about in, in WWE, I think you could mention Big E, although I personally still think that his character is sort of stuck in the mud. Um, uh, Sammy Guevara comes to mind, somebody who sort of stepped up, became TNT champion, um, definitely showed some some promise. Uh, I know that a lot of people, uh, particularly um, Brad Shepard, would probably mention <laughs> Hook as a huge breakout star. Um <laughs> This year. Um, I'm glad you said it, bro. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, oh, shit. 
bread. Um, yeah, that's the hook bread. Straight. Hook's awesome. <laughs> and I mean that, truly mean that. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, for you, who's the breakout star of the year? If you, if, if the breakout star, like, if it just started two weeks ago, I would have definitely said hook, right? Yes, Brad, <laughs> I said hook. And actually, before I name it, this this talk about Brad Shepard and and Hook, right? Yes, with all due respect, we're on the same team, right? We really are, right? We're part of Humming Media Network too, as is Brad. But I'm sorry, you know, we didn't get here by just agreeing with everybody, right? And even if it means we don't even agree with our own teammates, all right? So we're gonna. I'm going to say this, Brad. I saw your little tweet on Twitter <laughs> and you're saying to all the podcasters that think hook is something they basically don't know anything. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, why? Because he no sold a pole driver. I mean, come on, dude. Mm. Like if you, if you look at the history of Taz, you would know he was doing that as a throwback to Taz, to his father. It's the only reason, man. Other than that, you, you got to give the kid credit. I mean, come on, man. If there was a rookie of the year, it'd be him right now for me. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, and I mean, listen, Hook. Like, here's the thing. Like, because because I can see both sides of this argument, right? I Absolutely. really can. Right. Because because right now we don't know what Hook is. He could be a bust. He could be like you know, he could be Garrett Bischoff for fuck's oh, sake. We don't know. He's right? a much better than that. Let's give him that credit yeah. at least. I mean, <laughs> okay. come on. But what I'm saying is, like, there's a potential there that he could be a bust, and. There are some things that he absolutely needs to fucking work on. The kid's got to bulk up, first of all. Like, right. I can't take him seriously as a killer at his size. And um, he needs to learn how to sell better, definitely. I agree. Yeah, that. and no selling a pile driver is fucking terrible booking. But that's booking. I guarantee you that it wasn't that, that wasn't called on the fly, for fuck's sakes. No. Somebody said, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be great if you like did a callback to your dad and you no sold a <laughs> pile driver? Oh, yeah, do that. That's cool, man. Yeah, we'll do that. Like somebody pushed that on him. I guarantee you that wasn't him coming up with it. Oh, 100% if it was, it wasn't him. If it was, grow up, young man. Don't fucking no sell pile drivers. That's ridiculous. Right. He's got to develop more charisma. He's got to develop a promo style. He, but here's the thing that I sort of argue about this, right? Because I feel like he's already connected with the crowd, he which has. is the most important thing you Fuck have to yes. do as a pro wrestler. He fucking right? has, bro. How many times did Hulk Hogan no sell a pile driver? A million times. A million fucking times that dude <laughs> got right back up. Absolutely. Right? Like, and I'm not saying like, no, no, idiot, stop. I'm not fucking comparing Hook to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> what I'm saying is that that booking is done on purpose, right? And the most important thing you can do as a professional wrestler is develop a connection with the crowd. And Hook already seems to have a connection with the crowd for whatever reason. Now, he could become a total bust. He's got a number of things he needs to work on. But the other thing about this is we're not used, like as a wrestling community, we're not used to watching somebody's first and second matches on national television. Right. And that's not Hook's fault. No, that's it's booking. not. No, that's the booking. Definitely, that's the booking. And that's what these people got to understand. You can't just put it on the kid. You know what I mean? But put that shit aside. Push that shit aside. I mean, you say he's got no charisma, really? But he actually does, Chris, because he's got the fans in the palm of his hands. He's got some sort of natural presence and a natural charisma about him 
where the fans are all on his side. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I was like everybody else, dude. Everybody was giving shit to Hook before he stepped into the ring. Let's be honest, Chris, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But the second he stepped into those ropes, man, so I don't know, man. Something fucking got me as it did with a lot of fans out there. And then I was I was hooked, no pun intended. Then the second match. I love the fact that he fucking beat the shit out of a big guy, man. Because I'll tell you why. First of all, I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if I mentioned this on the on Uncaged. But there was a spot where, where Bear fucking, whatever his name was, Bearback Bronson, whatever the fuck, he, he elbowed him. And it looked stiff, dude. It was like he was leaning up against the rope and Hook was coming to just grab him. Then he went, bang, elbow right in the face, man, right? That looked stiff, right? It looked like he hurt Hook. And Hook, <laughs> I'll give him credit, bro. He got pissed. He, he Irish whipped him against the ropes and took his head off with a clothesline, bro. And I mean a stiff fucking clothesline, which looked like a receipt to me. From that point, I was like, I like this kid, man. This kid is tough. Yeah. Like, no, really. This kid is tough. This kid was suplexing... <laughs> A fucking 350-pounder like he was nothing. You got to give him yeah. that fucking credit, dude. The kid is strong. He might not be that big, but damn, he can fucking lift, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? He can really lift. And that, and yeah, I enjoyed no. that shit, bro. I really like seeing what I'm seeing. And just everything, like, he's smooth in the ring, bro. So far, I mean, Jesus. Like, if you if you're grading on a curve, like the kid looks great for a rookie, like really fantastic. Like I, at this point through two matches, like he's had two wrestling matches. I'm going to give him an A plus on both of them. Like, Fuck yeah. Because you have to grade on a curve. Like yeah. if it was, if these were Kenny Omega matches, I'd be picking things apart. Like, okay, oh, definitely. Be right. But this kid's only had two matches. Here, whatever. Right. He's had two matches. Let Absolutely. him fucking grow. And I mean, listen, do I want to watch somebody having their first and second match? No. Do what like would I prefer if Hook went and saw Rip Rogers for a year and a half? Yes, but I mean, here we are, you know, here we are, and this is the professional wrestling world that we live in today. We get to watch people do fucking wrestling school, and <laughs> you have to sort of try to grade on a curve. So far, I think that Hook has done fantastic, considering that, like considering right. his circumstances, he's done great. Again, do I want to necessarily watch it right now? No, I'd love to see him more polished and then see him come back. But we're here now. He's already getting a reaction from the crowd. you got to try to strike while the iron's hot, that's too. It. Absolutely, man. And that's what we're saying, man. It's not about, like, all that shit, all the mistakes he's done, that's easily worked on. But like you said, man, it's not like we want to see it, right? But from what we've seen, for a kid that's only had two fucking matches, what is he, like, 22 or 21? Yeah. I think even younger, maybe? I mean, come on, man. There's there's not many kids I've seen within their first or second match that that has not only gotten him, themselves over, right, like Hook has, but has looked as impressive like Hook, like Hook has. Sorry, that was a tongue twister for me. But the way he was suplexing, dude, as well, I just think he's going to be great. He reminds me a lot of his dad. Doesn't look like his dad. But damn it, he fucking no-sells like his dad. And fucking wrestles like his dad. You know what I mean? But you know what? Like you said, strike while the iron's hot. And just hopefully they don't fuck it up. I don't know what he's going to be like on the mic. Right? We don't know yet. We'll find out. But hopefully, you know, if I was if I was AEW, I would just not let him talk yet, man. 
Yeah. I mean, just have his dad do the talking for him. Yeah. His dad's charismatic and can talk. Absolutely. One of the best talkers, as a matter of fact. But you know what? Taz at the start in his first few years was pathetic on the mic. He only became really good later on in his career, dude. Yeah, he had to get comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So let's give this and kid a fucking break. About, you know, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, let the kid get there, right? And do, again, if it's up to me, right? If somebody came up to me and said, what, what do you want to do with Hook right now? He's got some potential. He's got, you know, obviously the name brand recognition. He's 21 years old. I'd say, okay, send him to Rip Rogers for as long as Rip needs him. When Rip says he's ready, okay, then you take him, you put him on the independent scene, you have him wrestle for about a year, then bring him to TV and see if he's ready, right? Right. Like, but, but that's not the wrestling world we live in anymore. It just isn't. If you've got name recognition, you're getting put on fucking TV right away. Tell me Jungle Boy was ready when they fucking put him on AEW TV. He wasn't. But he was Jack Perry. He was fucking Luke Perry's son. We got to fucking, <laughs> we got to get him on TV. That's you know? right. Yeah, it's true, man. And you know what, man? Hook did much better than what Jungle Boy was doing in his first few matches in AEW. I've said it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 had, I would have a hard time disagreeing with that because I didn't feel any kind of a connection or interest in Jungle Boy when he started. But so far, Hook's first two matches have not been garbage. You no, know, the, the, his really opening haven't. match was booked properly. His second match was booked properly other than no selling a pile driver, which I just hate. If you're going to no sell the pile driver and you're like, if that's what you want to do, if you want to not take the pile driver, do a back body drop out of the pile driver position and just show I'm too strong for you to pile drive me. That at least makes some logical sense. Taking it and then standing back up is bad booking, but don't blame that on the kid. Absolutely. Don't blame it on the kid because it's not him. He wouldn't have been like, Imagine him, right? I'm sure he's not that dis disrespectful, right? He's going to go up to a, a wrestler that's already, like, you know, been around and be like, yeah, dude, we're going to call a pole driver in the middle of the ring and I'm going to get straight back up like Taker and then I'm going to fuck you up. Like, come on. No fucking chance, man. Like, you know what no, I mean? That's, somebody told him to do that. That's not, listen, like, if Rip Rogers is there, Rip Rogers is watching that and going, get the fuck out of the ring, you're shit. <laughs> Like you're, you're fucking doo-doo chips, kid. You can't, you can't do nothing. Right. <laughs> right. But Rip Rogers, but what I'm saying is Rip Rogers wouldn't fucking book that match and be like, all right, now give him a pile driver and get back up. <laughs> yeah. No chance. There's no, no way. That's There's not no happening. Way. Like, so whoever booked that fucking match deserves any of the fucking hate, not hook right now. I still see hook as a very raw potential. And um, yeah, I mean, now we've now we've pissed off Brad Shepard to no fucking end. And <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen. But maybe someone will pass it on to him. But who gives a fuck? I mean shit, man. He's built his reputation on on being fucking, you know, loud. But we're just being honest, man. We're not gonna fucking sugarcoat for for nobody. Doesn't matter, man. No, I mean we're we're gonna have disagreements with people we have disagreements with. I mean dude, like show me somebody in show me somebody in podcasting who I have who who, who could, you could honestly say that I have more respect for than I have for Jargo. I think Jargo is fantastic. Likewise, but there's times absolutely. in Jargo when I just straight up fucking disagree about shit. Yeah, that's like, Jargo, it. No. And in this case, this he dumb. disagrees with us when it comes to Hook. Right, exactly. No, that's a perfect example, right? He doesn't like Hook at all. He hasn't, you know, he, well, I think he liked the opening no, match. Actually, oh, no. Oh, anyway. <laughs> We'll talk off the air. But yeah, like, yeah, he's not the biggest fan of his either, right? But 
But yeah, man, it is what it is. We're just giving the kid fucking... We're cutting him some slack. We're not judging him on the fucking shit he didn't get right. We're judging him on what he did get right. You know what I'm saying? And he looked fucking great doing it. Considering it was only his second fucking match. As far as I know, he's never even wrestled on the indies. I know, dude. That's what's crazy about it. Like, I don't know, man. But <laughs> he anyway, all right. Credit. Absolutely. Credit to Hook. And I don't, you know, if anybody wants to come at us, I guess, you know, at me, bro. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, let's talk about uh, breakout performer of the year then. We did a little, yeah, we did sorry, a nice right. little segue into Brad Shepard <laughs> and Hook. Um, but, uh, you know, and shout outs to that guy. Go listen to that guy. You know, his podcasts are very entertaining, hilarious. Absolutely. Go ahead and give him a listen. Brad Shepard Unleashed. Um, there's the plug. There's the plug, bro. Um, breakout star. Uh, Jimmy, for me, there's a bunch of people you could point to, like I said. Um, there's even others you could point to Dante Martin um, as being a bit of a breakout star. But for me, the guy who's gone from one place to another place in the year of 2021 is, and you were mentioning this off the air, it's MJF. Oh, um, easily. He's gone from being one of those guys who you look at and you're like, man, this guy is a future star, right? To the point where right now, right now, if, if Dynamite comes on the air tomorrow or, yeah, whatever it is for you, late tonight, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, if Dynamite comes on the air tonight, you know, tomorrow night on Wednesday and MJF comes out and cuts a promo and says, you know, Daniel Bryan's injured. And I'm in for the main event and I'm going to take this fucking belt away from Hangman Page. You wouldn't even bat an eye. You'd be like, oh, cool. That's right. a, that's, a, that's a great main event. I'm glad we're going to get that. That's what he's gone. For. He's gone from, okay, he's pretty good. Let's see what he can do in a couple of years to, no, this guy's a main event star, period. He's, he is a main event star. Not will be, not <laughs> yeah. has the potential for, he's a main event star in professional wrestling. Absolutely, man. And I agree with you 100%. MJF, you can't argue with him, man. I mean, he's people got to remember he's still only 24 years old, Chris. 20 fucking it's four, crazy. bro. Crazy. And he's like a veteran right now. Like, do you know what I mean? And he's just, he's on another level, bro. There's no one that can touch him. Like, in that age bracket, there's just nobody that can touch him. I dare say he's one of, he's in the top 10 right now, best professional wrestlers. Period. Yeah. I mean, I, if you have an argument, you know, if anybody has an argument, let's hear it. But yeah. I think he's one of the best in the world too. And he's taken a big step this year, like a big step. So for me, for you, I guess unanimous for the PWC, the breakout star of the year for 2021 MJF. Yep. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm sure if he hears this, he'll be like, who? Fuck those guys. Oh, but no, but still. Let, me, let me just say this. You know why he's a breakout star, Chris? Why is that, Jimmy? Tell because me. he's better than you, and you know it, bro. <laughs> good deal, good deal. <laughs> um, all right, where do we want to go next here? Let's go ahead and talk about our promotion of the year. Um. For me, this is a pretty easy one um, just because I feel like there's been a lot of stepping backwards. I feel like there's been a lot of stepping backwards for basically every promotion this year. The WWE, um, 
other than what I will give them credit for a little later in what I think is one of the best angles of the year. Um, they've taken a big step backwards in terms yeah. of watchability. I just, you know, two, two or three years ago, I had a hard time watching WWE because ethically I had the whole Jamal Chishogi thing in my head. And I was right, like, right. I don't know. I don't know, man. I like, you know, these guys are supporting a, a regime that had somebody chopped up. And I, I just, I have a hard time with this. Right. I just, to me, I was like, I have a hard time with this. I just, I don't know. Right. But it's gotten to the point where now, like, if the WWE is on and I happen to be flipping through the channels, which is rare enough now, I can watch WWE programming for about four minutes and then I get aggressively angry. Like, this is shit. I cannot watch this. So, you know, and obviously we've got ROH, which has gone basically out of business. <laughs> yeah. uh, TNA has taken a step back from last year where it looked like the the forbidden door had been blown open and blah, blah, blah. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had to cancel a lot of things because of, you know, Japan and COVID. Um, CMLL and Triple AAA continue to be kind of the redheaded stepchildren of professional wrestling companies. <laughs> yeah. To me, the only answer to this question that I can really give you is stardom. Just kidding. Uh, it's AEW <laughs> for me. <laughs> for me, for a minute, I fell for that, bro. I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Shout out to Jago once again, man. I'm sorry, bro, but fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stardom, nah, man. I know that would be his promotion of the year, but it's definitely AEW by a mile, bro. Yeah, I mean they've put on some they've put on some really good shows. Um, they've had some excellent surprises. They haven't necessarily capitalized on all of those very well. Uh, you know, CM Punk uh, being specifically mentioned here, just they dropped the ball with them, and they still haven't been able to pick it back up, and that's very sad. Um, but I do think they did a pretty good job with uh, Brian Danielson, and. Uh, you know, as somebody who's went to now his first real Western professional wrestling event, uh, being all out in Minneapolis this year, I just, to me, there's one company that I'm really, truly interested in, period, and that's AEW. Yeah, it's it's not even, there's no argument for me, bro. I mean, AEW, they said, look, they're not perfect. Let's, let's get it, you know, let's get that straight, but man they've put on such great shows when they have been great when they've been great they've been great yeah but don't get me wrong they've had a lot of crap shows too this year you know what i mean but it's it's they no continue India. to be bipolar oh absolutely they continue to be bipolar Some, and it's not even it's not even like night by night it's segment by segment sometimes uh, yeah. one segment is great the next one's garbage the next segment you can't watch and then the next one's great again and you're like i, I don't i don't know this company's fucking confusing as shit but i'd rather have somebody who has you know both poles bipolar than somebody who's just plain depressing all the time right? yeah they're just fucking mate put it this way if AEW's bipolar that'd be is in a mental ward yeah you know what i'm yeah, saying schizophrenic like, <laughs> yeah schizophrenic man absolutely it is schizophrenic when you think about it look at the releases bro right oh, they it's... went from having such a in that had such depth in their roster to actually having what 30 fucking wrestlers on their roster right now like i mean i think they're still i think they still literally have 147 people under contract as performers right now wow wow 
still, where's the depth now, man? They went from having the best depth out of any professional wrestling promotion on the planet to absolutely not really having any depth to AEW now having all this depth, dude. I agree. I agree. I mean, look at some of the releases too. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman. Like, if, you, if you've got nothing, if your creative comes to you and says, oh, I got nothing for Braun or Bray right now, <laughs> fire your fucking writers. Dude, that's puzzling, bro. I'll never understand how they get rid of fucking uh, Bray Wyatt. Braun Strowman, I can understand him in some ways, right? Look, man, but that doesn't mean he's not a star. But let's be honest, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, right, as you go by these days. But damn, you come across as... Uh, do, uh, uh. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You might as well be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <sighs> oh, ah, great <laughs> stuff. Great stuff. Sorry. Um, parenting here. Um, oh, do we need to take a, a break? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm All good. Right. Let's, let's push through here. All right. So promotion of the year, again, unanimous from the both of us is AEW. Now here's something that I think, we are probably also going to agree on Jimmy. Um, so the next up, which I want to talk about, what was your match of the year for 2021? This one's easy, bro, for me. And it's got to be Kenny Omega versus fucking Brian Danielson, bro. Like by a mile. And I'll tell you why, because it's not just a fact. Yeah, sure. It ended in the draw, Right. But it was just the anticipation of this match and what it meant in terms of the climax of professional wrestling, like in the climax, sorry, of professional wrestling, because this was a big deal, bro. And just seeing the fans absolutely fucking go off their nut, like off their nuts when the bell rang was something else, dude. And I'm not going to lie, I was pumped up for that match. I was like, let's get it on. He's going to be awesome. And it lived up to the hype, bro. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in agreement on this one because I, I watched that match and I was just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I want, first of all, when they said, when they announced that match, I was like, what, this is going to be fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> I sure. cannot wait for this shit. You know, to me, you know, Brian Danielson is one of the very tippy top in ring performers in the world right now. Absolutely. And he, I mean, and to be going up against Kenny Omega, who is clearly a very, very good professional wrestler between the ropes. I mean, his in-ring stuff is good. It's solid. It's, you know, it's fun to watch. And these guys, they did more in a half hour than Danielson and Hangman did in their yeah. hour-long match, which absolutely. I also thought was a really good match. Oh, that, no, to me, definitely. was another one to talk about. Right, absolutely. But, but to me, it was the match of the year because it was it was thirty minutes of just breakneck pace. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, both guys were elevated because, you know, both guys you thought, okay, both of these guys are world class, world championship type types in this company. So, yeah, we're we're in agreement. The match of the year for two thousand twenty one was Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, it's in a thirty minute draw. Nobody yeah. won. Nobody won that match, and it was and it was the match of the year. So just so everybody can understand that, that means that a draw can still be pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Absolutely, that there's no arguing. 
But see, that's where I had the problem with Hangman and, and Brian Danielson having another draw. That's one too many draws in a short amount of time. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm sorry, but that just can't be touched. It just can't. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, there was nothing that was even, like I said, there were other good matches. Nothing was close to this when I was thinking about match of the year. I was like, I don't, what else? <laughs> what are you going to fucking There really isn't, man. It's It's true, man. And now Jargo will tell me about two Japanese girls who wrestled for 45 <laughs> minutes and streamers. I don't know. I... We love Jargo. It's all good, bro. But he ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to Jargo. Love you, buddy. Absolutely. Um, all right. Next up here, we've got three left. I think it's pretty clear which one we're going to go with next. We've got angle of the year, tag team of the year, and male performer of the year. I think the next one, is we're going to talk about the tag team of the year. For me, there were only two that really stood out to me as being the best of the tag teams this year. And that's FTR, who, as long as they're active, are probably going to get a mention for this every single year until they retire. Um, and the Usos, who I felt like not only had some great tag team matches, but also developed as characters to the point where we, you know, at one point, they were just kind of the, the twins, right? They right, were the Samoan right. twins. That was Absolutely. it, right? Right, right. And with this angle that they've pushed really hard in WWE, um, I feel like they've grown as acts, you know? They've grown as an act. And so oh, definitely. those are the two that really stood out for me. I think I'm going to give it to the Usos because I just feel like they were a little more impressive than FTR. Um, and I'd love to see FTR get back into this, this you know, right away starting in January with what I think could potentially be the feud of the year, uh, FTR and the Briscoes. Please give me that. Please, 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 please. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. And I'm going to agree with you 100%. It's hard to go by the Usos this year, man. Like you said yourself, they elevated themselves to a main event act, dude, as a tag team, which is hard to do these days, man, as a tag team. And, you know, the, these two guys, they put on great matches with anybody even with broomsticks you know what i'm saying like if they wanted to they can just get it on man and and ftr if it wasn't for their stupid booking this year because it, let's be honest chris they've been up and down with their booking and that's not ftr's fault that's aew's fault so if they were booked right i would have given it to ftr but unfortunately they weren't up until now they're kind of getting booked all right but even now i'm still eh. But the Usos, man, it's 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 not in day. FTR would be a, a second place easy. Yeah, I mean the FTR is still great, but they're losing clean on national TV repeatedly to the Lucha Brothers, and I'm just yeah. like, can we do something with these guys, please? I. It's true, I man. Don't know. I, it's, it's true. All that I keep seeing when I see this though is that the Young Bucks want, you know they want to be able to have their match and the Lucha brothers will have their match with them better than FTR will. So let's book it so that, it, so that the Lucha brothers win and are a more established team. So that then when we, the young bucks beat them, it means more. I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I keep seeing. No, I agree with you 100%, man. And yeah, let's hurry up and get the Briscoes in AEW. Dem boys. Dem boys. Um, that's it. My bad. Fucking A. My bad. All right, man. Um, my bad. My, my bad. <laughs> That's the Want to come see my chicken farm? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we're going to do angle of the year next. And then we'll, uh, the main event will be the male performer of the year because we're sexist assholes. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> all right. So the angle of the year, um, there's a couple of different things that people will bring up. I know, uh, the pinnacle when they first basically came out, looked like it might've been a really good angle. It has flopped. I don't care. I, I, AEW, that's the thing that's, I think to me, that is AEW's biggest weakness. Yep. Is their ability to book an angle. Um, they can do a feud, right? Like a series of matches. They can do, uh, you know, great matches. They can, they can even do really good uh, interview segments. Um, you know, that promo between MJF and CM Punk, great, great stuff, right? But what's the angle? What, what's interesting about what's <laughs> what going on angle? in AEW? And I just can't find it. So for me, this whole thing with the Samoan Mafia, um, Roman Reigns as the as the world champion with, you know, who is he really with for the Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar stuff? Um, that gets my angle of the year this year. And it's unfortunate because everything else about WWE programming Sucks. has been nigh on unwatchable this year. But that program has been fucking brilliant jimmy i agree man it's hard to go by the the head of the table storyline in wb with roman reigns and usos and paul Heyman, and it's still going now man and yeah i mean it really is the the angle of the year i mean there's no arguing that there really isn't you can't i mean they're doing long-term storytelling which is puzzling like, like you said wb is trash in every other aspect right and then you've got this angle, right? And yeah, man, for whatever reason, they're stuck with it and they're doing pretty well with it. Although it might, you know, some will argue that it's been going for way too long, right? And maybe it has, right? But I'm cool with it. It's the only reason why I actually consistently watch SmackDown and I don't watch Raw is only because of that Roman Reigns angle. Yep, exactly. You can you can stomach everything else so that you can follow along with the actual good angle that you're watching on the show. And that's I mean, that's proof right there that you don't even have to have great matches in order to keep wrestling fans entertained. Absolutely. If you've got a really well-written angle, you can keep people's attention. A um, little bit of advice for AEW, work on this. Work <laughs> on angles. Because, no, really, I mean, in terms of in-ring stuff, I don't think... I don't think the WWE even touches them. Like, doesn't even come close to how good the in-ring stuff. And that's not to say that there weren't some really good matches from WWE this year. There were. I mean, there were probably some dark matches with Cesaro that I would think, holy shit, that was awesome. But, you know, on a consistent basis on national television, AEW blows the WWE out of the water in basically everything other than the WWE will occasionally hit on an angle where you're like, this is fucking gold. And I yeah. really have not seen that from AEW net from AEW yet. Yeah, and I mean AEW would be awesome, awesome if only they knew how to book an angle, like you said. And unfortunately, that's their weakness. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Chris. They just don't know how to build a fucking angle. You know what I mean? It's weird because everything else is great. It's just them fucking managing how to build an angle properly is yep. the issue and even when they try to build an angle what is it a week it goes for like a week yep. or two like tops it feels like they took all of the subpar stuff from lucha ground and 
or <laughs> Lucha, Lucha Underground Grand, and, <laughs> from Lucha Underground and and left the really good stuff from Lucha Underground, which was their ability to build programs. Right. Don't tell me you didn't want to know who Pentagon who Pentagon's fucking master was. Yeah. You wanted to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was man. intriguing. It was fun to watch because you didn't know what was coming next and you wanted to see and you're like, oh, this is cool. I like this program. I like the idea of, you know, Mil Muertes and like, um, you know, you wanted to see, you know, is, is, is Drago going to be able to keep wrestling or does he have to retire or like you, you wanted to see all these things, right? Oh, who's King Cuernos? Who's King Cuernos hunting this week? Like you, you wanted to see all that stuff because it was, it was angles that kept moving throughout the Absolutely. whole story. And yeah, you know, AEW, if you want some advice, watch Lucha Underground and take that. Not necessarily the matches, take the angles. Well, apparently MLW is going to go that Lucha Underground route. So let's see what happens with them. But um, hopefully it works out. But yeah, nothing beat. Remember that feud with Vampiro and Pentagon Black and shit like that? I mean, Pentagon was the shit in Lucha Underground, bro. So awesome so awesome he was one of my favorites in lucha underground I, I i watched him in lucha underground and i was like i want to see this guy do everything i want to i want to watch this guy do matches for have matches forever and now i legitimately like roll my eyes a little bit yeah, on AEW TV. i'm like great we're gonna it's get the crazy. same fucking match it's unbelievable he's just the fucking uh what's the word like a robot almost man does the same shit same spots same fucking taunts, same fucking everything. Like, you know what I mean? When are we going to yep. get Pen Penta as we fucking really know him as? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see Penta. Man, he was a fucking vicious motherfucker. I mean, a sadistic, bloodthirsty fucking character. Like, not this shit. And he knew how to, and he knew how to change things up in a subtle yeah. way and make I'm things a little different. I mean, that's how many, all I want. Right, that's it. I mean, how many different versions of Penta do we have? And they were all great. Like, seriously. Yep. I just want to see him breaking people's arms again. That's all. Me too. Just break people's arms again. Yeah, remember? Like, shh, shh. Boom. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't even do that move anymore, bro. He really doesn't, man. I can't remember the last time I've seen him do that. No, because the crowd's louder when they're saying Saro Miedo. Fucking crazy, bro. Zero fear. More like fucking zero fucking character right now, man. Seriously. <laughs> zero talent. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's not us saying he's got zero talent. That's just the way he's booked right now, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to care at all about what he's doing. Right, absolutely. Um, all right, well, we're here at the main event, Jimmy. It's time for the male performer of the year. Um. This one isn't tough for me in spite of the fact that he's really only been active mostly in AEW for a couple of months at this point. For me, the male performer of the year is the guy who has had not one but two um, match of the year contenders in the last couple of months who um, has built himself into an absolute shithead heel um, <laughs> in a very small amount of time. It's Brian Danielson, and for me, it's by a mile. Now, I love I, I love what they've done with Roman Reigns, but I don't get the same I don't get the same entertainment out of his in ring work as I do out of Brian Danielson. Everything he does is subtle, and it's brilliant. So, the male performer of the year 
Ryan Danielson, what do you got, Jimmy? Oh, man. Look, I would have said Brian Danielson if he was around, like if he came a lot earlier than he did in AEW. So I'm going to have to go with Roman, man, only because it's hard to argue the point. Yes, you're 100% right. I do not enjoy Roman matches compared to Brian Danielson matches or Kenny Omega matches. But Roman has just killed it this year, man. Like, he, he really has. And see, I'm, I'm not being biased. I prefer AEW any day over WB, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm going to have no, to listen, hand it to I don't, Roman. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Right. And I think there's there's a real thing to talk about here with Roman where he's gone from – he was already a main event wrestler. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely, right. And and Brian Danielson is a, is a main event wrestler. And Kenny Omega is a main event wrestler. Okay. And there are lots and lots of main event wrestlers out there. And I'm not saying that's nothing. I'm not saying that's not a cool thing or an important thing or something for somebody to be proud of. It is. But Roman Reigns has gone from being a main event wrestler to a star, period. Star. He's a star. Absolutely. He's elevated, man. He's he's absolutely elevated. He's carrying that company on his back right now. I would have even said... If, if Bobby Lashley, if they stayed the fucking route with Bobby Lashley, there would be an argument with Lashley as well, right? But yep. he's fallen off big time. I mean, right now he's sort of coming back up, but too too much inconsistency with his booking. He's just, you know, he's flatlined now for me. So that's why I'm saying it's definitely got to be Roman. Special mentions go to Danielson and Kenny. I mean, Kenny, you got to... You gotta cut him some slack too. I mean, Kenny had a miraculous year, dude. He won how many with the titles? major injury that he had? Too, yeah, with the major injury that he has had for apparently quite a while now. Right, he's been working absolutely. through it. Yep. He's still been able to have what we just called the match of the year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and a number of other solid matches. I wasn't in love with what him and Hangman did at at all uh, or at Full Gear. But it was still like it was still a main event wrestling match, and he was able to do that with a serious shoulder injury. Absolutely, man, and he did have a lot of great matches this year, like his match with Park, his matches with Hangman, Hangman and himself being tag team champions. They were pulling off absolutely great matches. But yeah, like at the end of the day, it's got to be Roman. Even though the PWI, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, gave Kenny the number one spot this year, and Roman was number two. I gotta say, Roman is the man this year for me, man. And then followed by probably Danielson and then Kenny, man. No, awesome. Well, that's our year-end awards. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, oh, we have one more award, and oh, that's that? for best audience of the year. <laughs> that goes to the PWC audience. <laughs> uh, we love you guys. Um, thank you so much for everything you guys do. Um, you know, we, Jimmy and I, I can speak a little bit for Jimmy here. We are both truly humbled by the feedback that we get when people talk about, people talk about us on their podcasts. Yeah. People talk about us on the internet. People just mentioning that they listen to us still blows me away when Absolutely, I see it. Man. So thank you to everybody who's been listening to us and um, hopefully your 2022 is uh, even better than your 2021 and you know fingers crossed that at some point uh, you know Australia uh, stops being a gulag and um, allows people to come and go as they please um, 
and just you know that the world gets back to normal that's that's what yeah. I, i've got my fingers crossed for yeah well unfortunately chris it's covid normal the the fucking planet at the moment it is what it is but you're spot on dude it's so humbling like we're so grateful to have the listeners that we have and the support is also so humbling man i mean just everybody mentioning us and uh and the listeners chiming in i mean damn man we couldn't have done it without them and uh thank you man and i mean like i said we're both humbled absolutely well for jimmy t or hang on a second we'll do we'll do plugs here uh jimmy where can people find you well you, you can find me at uh dj mass effects on twitter and at pwc network on twitter but more importantly please like and subscribe right here at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com also like and subscribe at atmarkmedia.com and at the pwhustlenetworks.podbean.com and humming media group um also i just want to say happy holidays merry christmas to everybody happy new year i mean it's not going to be our final show of the year i think the skirmish is going to be the final show of yeah. the year i believe and uh yeah man then you know we're off to 2022 unbelievable we've been doing this now for just over a year dude it's crazy man happy yule and skull absolutely but in saying that i'm jimmy t he's chris sams and you've been listening to the pwc end of year awards show right here on the pwc network and at markmedia.com happy holidays pasa fuera WC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.